Hey there! Are you looking to take your family life to the next level? One where you're in charge and free to set your own hours? You've come to the right place. Each and every week, we share the highs, lows, ups, and downs as we grow our businesses from zero to hero. Welcome to the Nights and Weekends Podcast with Craig Hewitt and Ken Wallace. new man um there is absolutely nothing new since the last time we talked i have i have the awesomest updates nothing new no i've been working on i've just been working on the new version of mastermind jam but i don't really have anything to share about it yet other than i'm just kind of making it happen so the last few days um wednesday through through yesterday, really, um, my wife and kids have all been out of town. So, like, the girls were with their dad, and then my wife and son were in Seattle visiting relatives. And so I stayed home. So, like, Wednesday night, Thursday night, you know, Friday, all weekend, I got to just work. Yeah. It was fantastic. And uh, so um, what punctu- that, what does that look like, though, right? Is that pretty uh... – pretty productive for you or do you find you sort of like get into like indulging yourself in some of the things you never get time for when you have all your other responsibilities? Well, the, um, the first part of that, um, alone time was, it was like day job and then, okay, I got to get upstairs, have dinner real quick so I can watch the Cubs game, you know, world Ah, series. Right. And so, yeah. (laughs) It was a fantastic series, man. The best baseball I've ever watched in my nearly 40 years on this planet. So anyway, baseball aside, I'm like, okay, I can't just be vegging out here because these games can be three hours, four hours. Game seven was almost five hours long, right? So I had you know the laptop open. I was answering customer support emails. I've been working on doing um, some rematches of people, which is kind of really kind of fiddly and manual still. Um, when people ask to get in a new group or a group will say, Hey, you know, the three of us want to stick together, but we would need one more person or, Hey, two of us dropped out. And so, you know, us two, we would like two more people. And it's just kind of a weird jigsaw puzzle that's ever moving and changing. And I've been trying to make a concerted effort to, to get on it more, you know, to be on the, more on the ball about it. But in doing so, it's just, it's just time consuming. It's kind of a not fun task. Yeah. What's the uh, typical turnaround time for rematch been for you? Well, you know, your group excluded because you guys asked for a rematch and I never got you a rematch, right? But, um, you know, anywhere I've got one that's been waiting for three weeks. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it just depends. So, like, you know, that group is in Europe, and there's not a whole lot of people looking for a group in Europe. I've got Hey, hook me uh, up. I'm looking for a group. Okay. Yeah, no, I can do that. My, I, the group I had through the DC is all based in the US and so I I you know, it's really hard as you know. Dude, I I've, I've actually got like we should. And, I think I get more signups from Europe these days than I do from the US. Not by a lot, but just you know, like a 49%, 50%, 51% kind of thing. That's fantastic. That's really and, high relative to the number of entrepreneurs in Europe. I, I would just in general, one thing I've learned is that it's it's just not as prevalent here. And I think maybe that's why they sign up for this kind of thing, right? Because mm-hmm. they feel alone and like out on an island. I just need people to talk to. Yeah. Uh, and this is like a lifeline for them. 
Um, and so like the big ones are Europe. I'll just say generally Europe. So it could be Berlin, London, you know, Romania, Russia. Um, That's so insulting. <laughs> um, it's like saying I don't, cats or something. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, it's I like know, I know time zone wise, I understand. Right, yeah. looking at time zone, just glancing at the first part of the time zone, it's like Europe slash London, Europe slash whatever. So anyway, Warsaw. There's like three entrepreneurs in Warsaw for you know crying out loud. So <clears throat> with that, and then there's the U.S. and it with the U.S. it tends to be either coast, right? And then there's a lot in Australia. And um, a couple in South Africa, but, uh, uh, you know, more than you'd expect from Australia, Europe as a whole. I know that's kind of a broad category. And then the U.S. And the interesting thing about Australia is, while I I have matched a lot of people through there, but the volume isn't there. So it's like I never have like four Australians sitting around at a time waiting to get into a group. And when I do – they're all over the map. Like one might be a SaaS entrepreneur that's at the pro level and one might be a beginner who's making eBooks. You know what I mean? And I can't stick them together in a group. So, mm-hmm. um, what works out is, um, especially if they're flexible with time, you know, if the Australians can meet in the evening, it works out for early afternoon for somebody in LA, for, for, for example. So, um, or if people can be time flex- for these coasts, it's like 12 hours, right? Yeah. 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 And, is it? No, it's not exactly 12 hours. Okay, the fit the Philippines is 12. So I guess it's yeah. like... Uh, and it depends on which coast of Australia you were talking about too here, yeah, right? But yeah, uh, yeah. I was thinking about like trying to, to schedule with my friend Rich Buggy and it was always like, I want to say like 16 hours. It was like a weird number. Um, mm-hmm. I have to get the time zone chart in front of me to give you exact. But uh, anyway, the... Um, so it's just complicated. So not only do you have to have the people that are kind of regionally similar so that their schedules will more accurately line up, um, they got to be in a similar stage of the journey. They've got to be working on similar things, you know. So the yoga teacher that signed up probably is not going to be a good fit for, you know, even though they're a city away from the other entrepreneurs. Um So yeah, so a lot of that went on Wednesday and Thursday. Game seven of the World Series was crazy. I, I scared the dog several times just jumping up and screaming at the TV. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of how that went, right? So the first few days, generally, whenever I have some time away from the family, is like detox. <laughs> it's like I got to get out of the mindset of like always being on call to serve others and just really focused on my tasks. Um, and that so it just feels like it takes me a while to get into that mentality of – you know, it's almost like the, uh, what is it, the stages of grief where it's like, okay, um, uh, I like feel guilty. It's like, uh, for whatever reason, like I would just, it would be like seven o'clock at night and I'd be looking around like, oh, I should be doing something right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like something that's not work, but what am I normally doing right now? I'm usually helping with dinner or something. And I'm looking around, I was like, I, I don't have anything to do. Just open the door, let the dog out and then I can work. And it's like, what do I, you know, <laughs> how do I even process that? Yeah. Yeah. And but it's been so but, long, right? Since you've had a ton and like prolonged freedom, like if you will, or lack oh, of yeah. responsibility, I should, I should say. Yeah. yeah. Like with like, cause you know, with no kids in the house, the wife's not in the house. It's like, and I, I talked to my wife about it and I'm like, you know, I just, I really feel strongly that since you're not here, I should get some yard work done. I should get the basement cleaned up. We've been griping about it for so long. 
And my wife goes, look, you got to be kidding me. She's like, um, you have been complaining for so long about not having time to just sit down and get, get into the zone to do some programming that if I come home and the basement's clean or there's any yard work done, I'm going to be pissed. Right. She's like, this, this is your time and get your work done that you can't easily get done when we're always interrupting you. Um, so I'm happy. I, I, I married a smart person. Yeah. <laughs> because, Sounds like it. Yeah. You know, it's just like I look around the house and it's like, uh, you know, cause I work from home and it's just always, you're always surrounded by to-do lists. Right. So at the day job, when I was going to the office, I could, if it was stressful, you know, you know, I could take a break. I could stand up, go to the, to the water cooler, um, and step away from my work and step away from like the, the task list and, and, and just, you know, take a mental break, go for a walk or whatever. But here at the house, you know, if I step away from the computer, it's usually my son asking me to do something for him or the dog needs something or, you know, the, 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 the yard is covered in leaves and I'm looking out at all the shit I have to do after work. And it's like, um, there's always a constant crush of things to do when you're working at home and you have to really be able to tune that out. So by Friday and Saturday, I was kind of through that and I was just really, really focused. It was great. And, uh, the Sunday yesterday, I, I got a lot of work done as well. Um, so, so what kind it, of timeline are you think you're looking at in terms of uh, getting to the point you want to be with the, the new version? So there, there's two kinds of work that I'm doing here. When I say I've, I've gotten a lot of work done. So one is just heads down programming on – it's not really a membership site, but I'll, I'll just call it that. It's like a central hub for the, for the community of entrepreneurs and place for you to manage your meetings and things like that. Um, but the other part is like all the work that goes into pre-selling that. So I don't want to get too far into the weeds of actual, you know, uh, the minutia of features before I've put the concepts in front of customers mm -hmm. and get their feedback, um, and let them vote with dollars. So I'm basically doing just enough that I can click from screen to screen do a screencast of it, talk through it. I've got a fairly lengthy script already written here. I ran that script by a couple customers. Um, um, both of those customers are like, hell yeah, let me know when you're, when pre-sales open. Um, when you mean script, you mean like a uh, sales script or like Python script? No, like a like a sales script. Okay. Like a like a long. Uh, imagine like I emailed you like a three thousand word long form sales letter. Yeah, yeah. Just telling you what's what are the problems today, um, either in the in the environment around mastermind groups or in mastermind jam itself. What are the problems with mastermind jam? Mm -hmm. What do I identify? What are the common gripes people have? What are the things that people ask me about all the time that I I still don't have a good way to address? Um, why do people cancel? Why do people ask for a refund? So I I just lay it all out there. And I know how to fix these things, and here's my plan going forward. I put that in front of customers. They're like, hell yeah, you know, this this answers all my gripes. Or I wouldn't have asked for a refund if, you know, no, you know, numbers two, three, and five were there, things like that. Right. So, you know, and people are saying, you know, let me know when pre-sales open up so we can, you know, take advantage of a, a launch discount. Okay. So that, that while that feels good, I don't believe it until I see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'm driving forward. So I'm trying to do just enough programming, programming to kind of, so people can 
so they won't have to imagine what I'm talking about. They can actually see it. Mm-hmm. And just so I can make some either, whether it's, you know, walkthrough videos or animated GIFs of going from screen to screen, whatever it might be, depending on the setting of where it is. Because I'm going to have some emails where I, you know, every week I drip out a little bit more what it's going to look like. And that kind of thing might be an animated GIF that goes to a landing page with a full video. So <clears throat> I'm really kind of thinking about the whole marketing approach to launching it. And, um, you know, what pieces of content that I, do I need done for like Facebook ads and when I'm, when I'm driving traffic to, to ads and, you know, what am I going to drip out in emails? What am I going to show on a landing page? Um, that kind of thing. So I don't have a timeline going forward of, okay, this is the date when I'm going to open doors of beta customers. Um, but I'm really kind of focused on just getting this, um, this walkthrough in front of as many people as I can. And how much of the feedback that you get from those conversations are you able to sort of take into consideration and implement? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. All of it. Nice. Like, I, I've not gotten any feedback where I'm like, yeah, that's not what I'm trying to solve. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I haven't gotten feedback like that yet. My bigger problem is, and I've done this since I've I started this app and I I've done this in past apps that I've tried is I ask feedback from people that aren't my target customer. That's tough. And then I really weight their opinion heavily. Like, you know, I ask like, you know, a guy making half a million dollars a year from his business, you know, um, would you use this? And he says, no, regardless if I've had 10 or 20 other people say, yes, I would use that. I just stop working on it because like my mentor says, no, he wouldn't use it. So it must be shit. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's not confirmation bias. It's like the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. No, I totally get it. I, 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 um, I've been doing some customer discovery lately and it's really hard to not just pick the right person to talk to, but then to actually listen to them. And that's why I asked the question is, I think it's, you know, we all say, oh, you know, go ask the customer what they want and then build it. But, but we have our own biases and preconceived notions and then you talk to maybe even the wrong person, and then they say yeah. something that you, quote, don't like. And, yeah, it makes it – I think it's really hard. It's really hard to fully listen, much much less to find the right person to listen to. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to a customer um, just yesterday um, that – they, you know, I was really bummed because, you know, I wake up Monday morning feeling good about my progress and then there's a request for a refund. I'm like, oh man, really? And, um, it was like, it was a person at my, the pro level. So like one of the upper tiers of, of the entrepreneurs I get in. I was really kind of bummed because first of all, I don't get those people at high enough volume to really be able to lose one. You know what I mean? And from a matching um, standpoint, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like it it really kind of throws off the whole scheduling and matching when I lose one of those people. So I'm like, you know, fine, I can process your refund, but, uh, can we talk about, you know, um, why you're not happy with the service? I take it kind of personally. I'm, I'm working to, to kind of solving this problem. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in to, I'm dedicated to solving this problem. And so, she said, you know, when I signed up at the end of August, it you know, took a couple of weeks to get matched. That was fine. And then here I am in September and I'm emailing back and forth to the mastermind group and they're just not responding to emails. 
It's like I'm not I'm not in it to be these guys' den mother. I'm not in it to be these guys' secretary. And, you know, they're just not interested in even having the first meeting. It's mm-hmm. like all these people paid, you know, 500 bucks and nobody wants to meet. You know, nobody can get their first meeting out the door. And then it's like two two weeks of radio silence from the group. And then, you know, I emailed you and then you emailed the group. And then there's like a week that you waited to hear back from them. And, you know, here it is beginning of November. And it's it's just um, it's kind of used up all the time I wanted to wait. And so I was hoping this would be, um, I would get matched into a group that was kind of existing and running and I could just like fill a seat. And this was a brand new group. I was hoping that this was a group that was going to be like, you know, anywhere from five to seven members. And this was four members. I was hoping there would be a lot more kind of structure, but we kind of were like left to choose our own adventure as far as scheduling and what software we're using for chatting. And I just wanted to just dive into like something that was up and running and, and flourishing. And this was like, okay, you four people, um, here's your introduction. Now figure it out. Mm. And I'm like, that's amazing because, and then that's when I started typing out like the long form sales letter. Like I had like an outline of it, but I actually flushed it out for her. I was like, here's what my goals are. And it's interesting. You, you outline what you felt the deficiencies were because it's what I think the deficiencies are. And here's what I'm, I think would solve these problems. What do you think about this list? And so we emailed back and forth on that. And, uh, yeah, she was really pumped about it. She's like, you know, for, for, from here to the end of the year, I've signed up with a mentor to get some kind of one-on-one coaching about my business. But after the first of the year, um, let's touch base again about uh, about the the new version of your software because that looks exactly like what I want. Yeah. Um, so that kind of validation is crucial, right? But I also know, you know, all of that just kind of feels good and it's anecdotal until I get a sales page out there where I can sell those things and, and put it out there for them to read for themselves and interpret it and make sure they're coming away with the same, um, um, enthusiasm for it. Once there's a buy button in front of them, it's like click here to, to, to pre-order or mm-hmm. to sign up access early access or whatever, however I'm going to word that, you know what I mean? Um, I don't want there to be any confusion of, oh, you know, I got 20 people that said that sounds like a great idea. Then I built it and nobody cares about it. I don't want to have that kind of situation. So everything I'm doing right now, and it sounds like it's been like years worth of work. It really has just been like this crucible of the last few weeks. Um, I've been, I've been really just striving to get to a point where I can put this in front of people, show them a click through, show them my vision and see if they'll buy into it. Yeah. You know, Brian Castle uh, wrote a, a nice article about how he's validated uh, hit the SaaS app that they're building for audience yeah. ops. I don't know if you checked it out. I but, did. Uh, definitely a, a, a great resource. I think he pre-sold a, a decent number of spots, uh, you know, a good number of spots. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't think they were his existing customers even, which is cool. So it's more sort of cold. Um, so I think that's definitely something to, check out for, I don't know if you've checked it out, but other people who are listening, if they're looking at the same kind of thing, maybe. Yeah, we can link it up in show notes. It's at castjam.com slash validating a SaaS product step-by-step. And there's like a SaaS validation resource pack you can download if you put in your email address. But he goes from, what is it, um, from concept to three grand in like six weeks just to pre-validate it before they even built it. 
Um, yeah. So anyway, it's a really, really great post with screenshots and everything about what the landing pages look like and what, you know, what he said on Facebook, what he said on Twitter to get people to, to express their interests. So yeah, I've been, I've got a tab open to that. Um, yeah. I've been, I've been using that as kind of a blueprint. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't want to get too far in the weeds with this thinking that there's some magic feature, you know, it's a, Andrew Chen has this great blog post about don't expect that new feature to be the thing that saves your, you know, SaaS app that nobody cares about because you're not like one feature away from success usually. Um, and the, so that's, that's what I'm kind of guarding against. I don't want to think that, well, if I just, you know, throw some shiny software at people, that'll just solve everything. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's really about kind of a jobs to be done mentality of what is it people are trying to do in their mastermind groups and how can I facilitate that? Um, and so from both the standpoint of the peer driven mastermind groups, which has been my focus from the beginning, but you know, I, I increasingly get, um, contact from people that are looking for a coached, you know, or guru led mastermind group. So, um, the software will attempt to address both. Um, I tend to think that, and we've talked about this before, but, but I tend to think that you have a bit of a marketplace problem where you, you need <laughs> volume to, to really do well at matching people, especially if you're considering kind of levels of experience, you know, like you have yes. several different price tiers, then you have a, a more complex and a more difficult marketplace problem in, in, in critical mass. I also wonder what the, the, the upward bound of this market is right. Um, as it is, is it a $10,000 a month market? Maybe, but, but it's probably not a $30,000 a month market, right? I don't know. You know, cause I get contacted by a lot of people in verticals that I had never thought would even know what a mastermind group is. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this a lot. Um, was it two episodes ago? That it feels like maybe I could market these segments better than I am right now. Um, Specifically, and pages to different industries. Exactly. Why don't I have like fifteen different flavors of the landing page? You know what I mean? Well, that's a lot of work. Um, that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. really, though. If you look at a tool like Lead Pages or ClickFunnels or or even Thrive Themes, you can kick out landing pages in a reasonable amount of time. That basically has a hero image with a call to action on it and some text that speaks to that market niche. Um, I think it's at least approachable. Drive some Facebook traffic to it. You know, one of the things that we keep talking about is you know. Um, and not not so much you and me, but other people I've had conversations with. It's like, Ken, you've been at this for how long? And this is how much traffic you have. But I, I keep coming back to the point that, you know, I've spent, what, $100 on, on traffic? And I made an attempt at a Facebook ad that basically got me fans of Damon John, but didn't get me, like, mastermind group fans. And I don't, I don't know. I just, I've made some missteps. I'm, I've been completely under-executing the marketing angle of this. Um, so I, yeah, I feel like traffic will cure a ton of ills. Like, first of all, I have in my software, the matching algorithm, I have far more ways to get more accurate matches with people. And I've had to relax some of that, those things just to get groups out the door. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, traffic would, would cure a lot of that. Um, so you, and I'm not, trying to be critical, but you're, you're solving 
uh, the problem of sort of making matches easier and, and fulfilling the service. But if the problem is traffic, it's something I would pay attention to. Also, no, right? let's let let me be clear. I'm not saying that me making better software will solve my traffic problem. Right. I am not not at all saying that because there's you can't. That's that's just kind of a really weird conclusion for me to jump to, right? And like people in my mastermind group and friends of mine call me out on this all the time. Like Ken, just building software is not going to solve your traffic problem. It's like I realize that I understand that I totally understand that. But with the traffic I've got here are the issues that customers are having. So do I want to continue? Do I want to spend thousands of dollars and, and drive traffic to a product that is, is flawed in some ways and can be improved? Or do I want to try to make it better for the people that are already interested, already express interest? You know, even if it's a small list, if I can get that small list interested in this in a, in a high enough percentage, I at least have a wisp of smoke on the horizon to follow. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then drive traffic at that improved product, and I can expect an even improved outcome. Almost as though this whole time that I've done has just been a, kind of a lengthy beta test, right? Yeah. Where I've been working on product market fit for this amount of time, and I think I've got it honed in now where I know what I need to – I know what the product needs to look like for the market to achieve the fit. And then I can drive traffic and just scale the shit out of that. And that's that's kind of my – um that's kind of my thinking here. I, I don't, I'm hesitant to drive a ton of traffic at it until I at least have a pre-sales page up with some JPEGs of what this future thing can look like. Yeah. Uh, and, um, if I, if I drive traffic, even at the pre-sales page and I can't get people interested in that, then yeah, that's time to admit that maybe this is just like a no go. But I think the days of just like, cause right so far it's all been organic. It's all been like, I have what seven blog posts that I don't even advertise. I comment once or you know once or twice a day on Twitter. Basically, I'm doing nothing with marketing, right? It's like I'm totally uh, under executing on marketing. Um, we had one uh, show reviewer say, you know, this guy sounds like people just, you know, he feels that people should just, you know, throw their money at him, and that's not ex- all of what I'm getting at. I feel like I have personally failed on the marketing front. And I know how to improve on those things. I have intentionally withheld marketing efforts. And so the traffic that I am getting, like today, we got a, a beginner that signed up. 50 bucks today. I did nothing. You look at the the, the source, you know, because I ask in my onboarding survey, where'd you come from? How'd you hear about us? Is it one of these known things that I've I've gone on this podcast? I've gone on these 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 two other podcasts. I've sponsored this, you know, conference. Uh, you know, how did you hear about us? And it's like Google. I Googled for mastermind group. You came up number three. I clicked on it and I bought, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, like that's what I'm getting today, but I think there's a ceiling to how much just organic traffic for basically what is a vitamin, right? This is not like a painkiller um, product. This is a vitamin. This is not something that you must have to live or must have to run your business. It's just incredibly helpful. Um, so I think there's a, a limit to how much I can, uh, imagine, um, in a short amount of time, organic traffic is going to help me. So I've, I've kind of, um, kind of aligned my thinking that eventually one of these days I'm going to have to put some real money at paid traffic. And I, I think that's where my hesitancy is. Once I'm putting dollars down to push traffic to something, I want it to be a pretty, pretty good effort. 
Um, and that that's where I'm at. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you you know if you're laying down the framework now to to really put the traffic to it later, then that's that's a good move. Yeah, yeah. So because my list is what I mean, I I've got like 520 people on my email list, right? That's nothing. No. But of those people, 289 are customers, right? Who have mm-hmm. at some point paid me money. So of those 280 people, 289 or whatever it is. I can go to that list of 289 people. If I can get, I don't know, what's a good percentage of that for a pre-sale for a better version? 2%. If I, yeah, I, you know, whatever the percentage is. So let's say I can get, pick a number, 8, 10 people mm-hmm. to pre-order. Obviously, that's more than 2%. But still, if I get 10 people to pre-order on a monthly product um, that – that um, better solves the problem they signed up for, for in the first place. I think I'm onto something. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I'll be uh, I'll be anxious to hear how how it turns out when when you're ready to whatever you are you gonna you know Facebook ads or blog posts or Twitter or whatever it is that, that'll be interesting. Yeah, um, well, you'll 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 definitely see some blog posts, and then I'm gonna drive you know social traffic to those, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I'm not sure that you, Craig, will be in, in my targeted Facebook ad groups, especially as bad as I am at Facebook targeting. But, uh, yeah, hopefully you will see uh, – well, first of all, you're a customer, so you'll you'll get an email about it directly. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, so I once I get a little closer, I'm going to start dripping it out because it's like – like just the other day I hit this customer with a ton of information. I'm surprised she even read the whole thing. Um, but – Anyway, I'm going to start just warming up the list on this idea of this is coming and get them thinking about it. Yeah. See if I get any, see if I get any hits. Nice. Um, because if I get, if I get um, the code to the point where I can do just the easy walkthrough, even if every single feature that's on my list is not finished and I can pre-sell it, pre-sales dollars can be used for a developer to, to more quickly finish it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this can't linger for another quarter while I work on it in my nights and weekends. But if there's enthusiasm in the in the pre-launch that translates to revenue, then I can use that revenue. I've got a developer standing by that can help me. I just don't want to commit the funds right now because those are funds I'd rather use for traffic gen. You know what I mean? So um, there can be ways to, to get that scaled up and launch more quickly um, if there's interest. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So without going into the exact features, that's, that's, you know, and in future episodes, maybe I'll dive into what the problems are and then what the solution is. I've got, you know, 10 or 12 different points of this is a problem. Here's how I want to fix it. Um, just targeted right from actual quotes from customers. I wish your service did this, or I signed up and I really thought it was going to do this and it doesn't. Um, not all those people, either cancel or ask for a refund. Some of them just live with it. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or I was able to like on some people's meetings, I actually personally attended their meetings and helped them through a hurdle or, you know, a lot of email conversations with customers and things like that. Um, so a lot of that has been overcome, but, uh, it's not without a lot of personal effort. Yeah. Yeah. So last time we talked, 
didn't we didn't you hint that there was going to be something that you're working on you were going to release soon yeah so i uh so it's funny i it's different than what i was talking about last week well it's different but similar i guess um yeah i was talking with someone about uh buying an app that i was previously uh sort of uh like engaged with and that fell through ends up that the guy wants an ungodly amount of money for it um but uh but yeah i do have uh like a new sort of side project that i'm working on and yeah it's it's funny because we've talked in, in the past about like how much your ideal customer or the type of customer you want to work with drives what the the kind of business you want to do mm-hmm. and i feel like with podcast motor i really enjoy working with podcasters um i wish podcasting had more money in it because i feel like the business opportunities in podcasting are a little limited i was talking to somebody who runs a, a service pretty similar to podcast motor recently and i said i feel like we offer like the best value in podcasting you know, between, you know, he and I run very similar businesses. And I said, I feel like this is like the problem with podcasting. It's like someone says, I want to do a podcast, but I don't know how to do it. We solve that problem. It costs, I think, a very fair amount of money for someone who who kind of has this problem. Um, but so I, I like that. And I, I, just, I, I don't think, I don't want to grow a service business to what it would take to, to grow podcast motor to where I want it to be. It's just too, too many kind of, especially the type of service we offer. It's it's just tough to scale, I think. Um, yeah. Anyways, to, and I don't mean to talk around, you know, what I'm, what I'm doing, but what, and we've talked about this before, what I really like is small businesses and online entrepreneurs. And since we moved, I've really enjoyed uh, working remotely and co-working. And so what I was looking at is a, a co-working management app um, that lets people who own co-working spaces kind of like manage billing and members and the printers and access and all this kind of stuff. And it's a really small app that only has a couple hundred dollars of revenue a month, but it's a SaaS app and they charge like 30 bucks a month. And the guy wanted like 40 grand for it. So if you think about like a typical multiple on a SaaS app, it's like say four times, it's like the high mark. So that's like 10 grand, right? For 250 yeah. bucks a month. So he wants like, 40 times right profit so, so he like, wants you to pay for the potential that if you fix my app mm-hmm. and make it better yeah you should pay for that yeah That's so he course. said you know i uh, yeah i bought it off of flippa about a year ago and i put like 10 grand into it so it's at least worth 20 it's, and yeah. you know for the goodwill or something else that he said it's worth 40 i was like uh, it's, worth, it's worth 10 you know yeah it's worth 10 that's how much money you get so i, I said I would consider trying to meet you halfway between what it's worth and the money you put in, but you're not going to get 20 and you're definitely yeah. not going to get 40 for it. Yeah. Maybe so, we can talk 15. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, generally one of the things I'm looking at is trying to decide it. Like I like a lot of, a lot of people that I think are really successful kind of surround a problem, right. With different options and solutions. Um, and the, the one that comes to mind so much is Brennan Dunn, right? He like surrounds freelancers 
and agencies, right? With yeah. problems and solutions and resources. Um, and so I have kind of picked uh, remote working and hiring of employees, generally employees and, and sort of remote employees as kind of the space that I want to look at addressing and the type of people I want to work with. And so I started looking at like what kind of businesses are out there. And the one that is re that was really attractive, aside from co-working space management, which I still love the space, and you and I talked offline about this, um, is uh, job boards. So like the big one is We Work Remotely, owned by 37 Signals. Um, they charge $200 per posting uh, for 30 days. And you think about the amount of work that goes into it, aside from generating a shit ton of traffic, they get like 700,000 page views a month. There's no quote app. There's no customers. There's no real fulfillment of anything. You have to build the platform, which is technically not difficult, but the, 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 the eyeballs on it is what really has value. So yeah, so I emailed like 10 of these sites last week. Uh, and I got one guy that was like, yeah, what, what do you want to buy it for? And I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know. You know, this is like a typical multiple for, for a site. What, you know, how much money are you making? He's like, I'm not making any money. I just, it's a, it's an aggregator right now. And I have like a PayPal button on there, but you know, I'm not selling any listings right now. I was like, okay, well that makes it kind of difficult for me. Uh, you know, what, you know, what's it worth to you? And he gave me a number and it was a relatively small number. And I was like, okay, cool. This is a great place to start. Um, and to grow, I think what could be a really cool, fun business that shouldn't require aside from generating traffic, which I think it's kind of funny. We're talking about generating traffic shouldn't require really any work. Um, the site needs a little bit of development, but, um, it's got like, it's a great kind of launching point. So it's the, the, the site is workremotely.io. So it's a, it's a cool little message board. It's built on .net, which is like, of course, I've been fucking around with programming languages and it's probably oh. the one thing I didn't look at, but uh, it's yeah. not terrible. I don't know. I looked at it and it's not like impossible no, to figure out. There's nothing wrong with .net. You can find .net developers reasonably priced to help you out too. Yeah, yeah. So I looked and the guy's actually, the guy's French. He lives in Paris, so it was like hilarious that uh, you know he's kind of right up the street. But um, but yeah, it was very simple. I mean, you know, I, I transferred everything over over the weekend, and the guy like set everything up on a new host and all this kind of stuff. Very, very sort of easy, uh, easy transition. But yeah, the traffic is like the real thing because that's the value of a place like We Work Remotely or Remote OK or some of these really big boards is like mm -hmm. look at that your name's on the bottom of it already yeah yeah look at no, you yeah <laughs> yeah so the guy the guy went in and and transferred it to a new host on like sunday and we're recording on tuesday right now but yeah. um yeah so he transferred work remotely over right after i sent him the money and uh yeah so for like a couple grand i got like a really solidly built it looks like uh you know, board that aggregates from kind of the top three other kind of boards that have uh, 
like RSS feeds or APIs that you can pull from. So you can kind of yeah. get the, the eyeballs from there. And then I just have to build out a little bit better job posting. Uh, two questions for you right out of the gate. Two questions for this site. Yeah. Now looking at it. Um, the first of all is what are the, um, what are the terms under which he is scraping jobs from other sites? Is that allowed in their terms and conditions or is he just kind of, no, they, you know, yeah. So I asked him, I said, well, how did you choose these? And they all have RSS feeds. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, and then so uh, it's like stack overflow and we work remotely and GitHub jobs, I think. Right. So if I click on a job here on uh, we work remotely dot IO, where does it take me? So I see the job. It looks great, by the way. Um, when I click apply for the position, where does it go? It goes right to the source. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Do you get any cut of that or any kickback or no? Uh-uh. Are you tracking any? You know how much traffic you're sending to each of these outbound? Like, could you contact um, Authentic Jobs and say, "Hey, you know, I've I've sent you, you know, fifteen hundred clicks this month. You know, could we work something out?" Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's not the, in my mind, at least, not the primary uh, business model I want to go after. But it would be nice. Yeah. Um, I bet Google would show the outbound links anyway. The outbound clicks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm so just getting Google Analytics, uh, you know, tomorrow or something like that, probably from this guy. Uh, he sent me a bunch of screenshots before, but yeah, well, I'd really like, like 10,000 know... 10, views a month. So just make sure you're not violating their terms and conditions. You know, like Craigslist has an RSS feed as well, but they also sue people that use that to build a business like PadMapper and things like that have gone to, you know, a ton of legal expenses defending themselves from Craigslist lawsuits. People trying to build a business off of the postings on Craigslist, yeah, but if you think which about, makes you wonder why. Yeah, if you think about like the, why would authentic jobs create an RSS feed? It's, so more people see their job listings. I I 100% agree. I'm yeah. just no no, no just I, saying, I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, look into it because for the same question could be asked at Craigslist. Why do you have an RSS feed? Yeah. If you know this is like proprietary information, and the point is you can read it and you can reply to the jobs, but it's not for you to aggregate these and re- display them. Like if you look at the authentic uh, job site and click on the API. I'm mean, imagining he's getting the jobs from their API. And you just go in and you can sign up. Anybody can get a key. But under the terms of use, it says, charging for your own job postings, in addition to aggregating job postings from authentic jobs, is prohibited. Well, there you go. So do a little research into the sources of these ads. Um, maybe I'm reading this wrong. You know what I mean? Maybe he, Maybe you're not thinking of doing this maybe but right. you know, it, anyway it does behoove you just to be aware of the terms of use of uh, every site where you're getting these jobs um, just so you don't get a nasty gram sometime down the road after you've built a business on top of it yeah I mean so the, the ultimate business really is not aggregating other people's listings it's it's having a bunch of my own right of course yeah so it's the the aggregation is a bit of a bridge yeah to, it's like a growth hack I mm-hmm. like it to yeah. to getting the 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 sort of core group of visitors and people uh you know just looking at the site and knowing that it's a a 
a place where they can go as a resource to find people or, or employers can go to, to post their jobs. So do you have any first steps that you've thought through of how to start getting people to post listings or pay you to post listings? Yeah, it's tough. I, I've been thinking about it. And really, it's what I was sort of alluding to with like listening to customers and really listening is is I had a couple conversations with people that I know that have, you know, businesses like ours that are hiring people um, to kind of say, hey, you know, what, I know you use another site probably right now. What do you like about it? And, and you know, is there anything that we could do to, to help you or, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd give you listings for a while for sure. Um, if you were able to, you know, sort of send us links or what, you know, whatever it is. So really doing some customer discovery and trying really hard to listen. It's really hard though, right? I mean, it's, um, to really listen is hard, I think. And it sounds funny to say that, but, um, yeah, I think, so it's going to be a really fun lesson in, driving traffic uh because like podcast motor right now gets like five thousand page views a month okay which is nothing for you know a two-year-old business it's nothing and so this has like ten thousand already but it needs like two hundred thousand so like yeah. uh you know social not not paid social but i think so paid social would work really well for this you think about like a hundred dollar posting you could you know you could spend $90 a posting for ads. Um, yeah. I don't know how competitive those keywords would be. You'd have to get kind of creative to dodge the more expensive ones. Right, right. Yeah. So, but I think with, with the regionality, you could get pretty specific. Uh, oh, there you avoid, go. To avoid, you know, in San Francisco, it would be expensive, but in Berlin, it would be less. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's going to be a fun little project. I think it'll be, like I said, the 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 ongoing development will not be a big deal, which is kind of good for me. Uh, there is some development needs to be done, but it's kind of an easy way to get my feet wet. Um, and yeah, it, and driving traffic is a really valuable lesson to learn. And, you know, with podcast motor, I've not had to do it just cause we kind of operate on a low traffic environment, which is fine, but, you know, based on kind of the price point we're at, we, we can't handle 20,000 page views a month and, you know, 20 new customers a month or something. But this is the kind of thing that you could just stick new traffic in one side and get customers out the other. I like it. So the cash yeah. machine, Jason Cohen's cash machine. Well, I, yeah, you got to figure it out. Right. But yeah, it does remind yeah. me of some of those. It's not, uh, it's not recurring, which is, it's not ex sort of explicitly recurring, but you think about these high growth companies they hire a few people a year, right? Yeah, they become frequent customers, if not mm -hmm. recurring. They're yeah. frequent. You could, you could probably be creative with packages or something to encourage more of that. Yeah, I was going to offer like a $500 annual plan or something. Yeah, yeah. For, for some companies, that would make a lot of sense. And then that's kind of pre-selling a year's worth of listings or something. Yeah. Bigger companies that hire creatives and developers rarely go through a cycle of, oh, crap, we're short a guy. Let's go hire a guy. But they have people that are just constantly keeping an eye out for great resumes. And yeah. uh, you yeah. snatch them up when you have them because you're, you're going to need them. But, you know, that's what the big big consulting firms do. So, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. So, and, and you know, getting back to, like, the bigger picture. I mean, this I, I think this could be in itself a really fun and good business 
but I think you think about like selling, I, I never get the, the term right. Like, you know, selling Advil instead of Skittles or whatever. Hiring people is a really difficult thing for a lot of companies and yeah. helping them do it is a really good problem to solve. However you do it, whether it's a job board or, you know, I've had in the back of my mind, like th there's software for managing the hiring process. There you go. I was um, going to say that, but you're, you're already two steps ahead. Yeah. So I've been looking at it for a while and I was like, I could build this. This is not that hard. You integrate with Gmail and calendars and, you know, make it like Trello. Then I was like, oh, I, I think about, um, Christopher Gimmer, right, with Snappa.io, and he yeah. built kind of around this problem of like images and social and stuff, right? He had like a big royalty-free library, uh, and now he built a, a tool that that helps you, you know, build these little memes and and really cool images to use for your blogs and social and stuff like. That. So he's got like building on top of one tool, a SaaS app, and whether I get that far or not, it's definitely, you know, helping companies hire people is a monster problem and, uh, an almost unlimited, uh, you know, field of, of potential customers. So it's interesting. It's a, yeah, it's, I like it's it. a, it's a fun place to start at least cause it's low risk and almost, you know, no required involvement on a daily basis. Yeah. The quicker you can get people submitting ads, the better. Because then you can just talk to them and say, what else do you need? I mean, after you submit the ad, what's the rest of your process like? Mm -hmm. you know, just, do the applicants go in an Excel spreadsheet or you have software to manage that? And if you do have software, you know, what does that look like? Does it do everything you need? Are there gaps in the process? Um, what does the interview process look, look like in the onboarding process for new employees? And I mean, there might be any number of different things that you can add value into the chain to separate you from the other job boards. Yep. yep. Especially since it's niche for remote workers, that's a whole different category of, you know, specialty than the other apps that are out there already for HR tasks like this. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's interesting, man. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think it's a, you know, it ain't making me rich right now. It's not making me anything right now, but it's, it's fun. So it's nice to have uh, something fun. I'm excited about. I think it has potential. So it's good. Podcast motor is still chugging along. Actually, we it's doing really well. We've had uh, a lot of real organic interest and growth lately, which is nice to see. You know, the end of the year is always, not always, we're two years into it. Last year was a huge time for us. So I think we're seeing the beginning of that. Okay. So we'll see. I, I think, you know, we have enough people to support it. I think we have to maybe hire one more person, but um, yeah, it's nice that it's relatively streamlined. Cool. Yep. Yeah, as so. far as revenue, like Mastermind Jam has been fairly consistent um, ever since late summer. It's just kind of leveled off. And it doesn't dip below like a thousand bucks and it doesn't really go above two thousand bucks. You know, it's just in that range. And uh, even if I were to sell Mastermind Jam today, I think that would look pretty good just to a buyer. You know, it's not like I'm going to ask for, you know, a million dollars for it. But it's cool to see that even as crappy of a marketing job as, as I'm doing, there is a steady influx of people that are looking to be matched. Mm -hmm. uh, I almost wonder if I would have been better served to limit it to a geography, you know, a geographical area at first, mm. just to increase. Easier, huh? 
Yeah, because like, well, yeah, granted, say you get 20 signups in a month, but they're scattered across the globe, you know, and they're all in different industries and different uh, revenue levels. Um, It makes it really tough. Yep. Yep. So. Cool, man. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go watch the election stuff roll in. (laughs) <laughs> you're going to watch the building burn. I am. I am. <laughs> Someone asked me here if I voted. I was like, no. If I'm the one person from Florida who makes Donald Trump win the state and the election, I'll feel really bad. But I don't think that's going to happen. No. <laughs> it's like the end of uh, Fight Club when they're just watching everything burn down. Yeah. It's, that's you. It's just uh, unbelievable. Anyway. Yeah, the wife and I, we did early voting uh, about, what, 10 days ago now? And uh, it, it, there was a line, like, around the building to get in to vote early here in, you know, a red state. You know, we're not even like a swing state. And uh, Who'd you vote for? So I walked in with my uh, Beyonce for President shirt on, which got <laughs> some uh, concerned glances. Right. <laughs> and a lady in front of me was wearing a Trump-Pence shirt. Uh, no, I voted for Hillary. But, uh, that's good. Yeah. The, uh, um, yeah, I was just, I was just amazed that first of all, like in my neighborhood, not a single Trump sign. Um, and there are Republican signs in yards, but it's for down ballot stuff like, you know, comptroller or, you know, state, you know, house seat or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then it says in really small letters, Republican, it's like they're apologetic about it. But I mean, the VP candidate for the GOP is from this state. I would think you'd see more uh, yeah. proud and fierce support. And it just seems like it's like, oh, let's just get this over with. Yeah. 500 days of this crap, really? Let's get it over with. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, I've got a, I've got a hard stop coming up. I've got another meeting to get to. But uh, Okay, buddy. I'll talk to you later. All righty. All right. Later. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Nights and Weekends podcast with Craig Hewitt and Ken Wallace. To stay up to date and learn more about balancing your family and your startup, visit www.nightsandweekendspodcast.com. We'll catch you next time.